welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Good morning, everybody. My name is Jim, and I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. This is my partner. And I'm Marco, and also very grateful and a sexaholic. But everybody, please... Uh, Join me in opening the meeting with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. My mind be done. Um, I ask that everybody turn off their electronics and that uh, we don't record individually any of these sessions. Uh, this meeting is both recorded and live streamed, and in the spirit of the fifth tradition to carry this message, uh, this session is being streamed live on the internet around the globe. In addition, it is also being recorded. The streaming and recording cannot be turned off during the session. If you do not wish to be live streamed or recorded, audio only, then do not share. We encourage you to attend another session if you need to share. Please do not touch the recording equipment. Uh, when it is time to share, please come up to the front of the room and sit next to us, uh, lined up to use the microphone. You have to be reasonably close to the microphone to, to be picked up. Okay. Um, so we'll start. Uh, Marco and I will each uh, share for a few minutes on the topic, and then this is a participation meeting, so we'll open it up uh, to open sharing. Uh, we may also uh, have some either shares or questions that come in from the live streaming uh, from uh, other SA members around the world, and we'll, uh, uh, we'll of course, field those, too. So I'll begin. Uh, my name is Jim, and I am a grateful recovering sexaholic. And I always say uh, grateful because uh, even though on the, the first uh, day when I came in these rooms, I certainly was not. I was... Uh, terrified and bewildered and broken and paced outside for 30 minutes before coming in the room, perhaps like many of you. Uh, but in the, uh, the dozen years uh, since then, I've come to realize that uh, my life has changed. And the topic of this meeting is freedom from lust. And so one of the things that I, I thought I would do uh, in the beginning is defined for, for me what that term means. It, when I first came in program, I would have thought freedom from lust meant I don't lust anymore. And I don't believe that to be true for me. Uh, I been in, I've been sober for 12 and a half years and I still am hit by lustful thoughts at times. Uh, they certainly are not as acute or as often as they used to be. But to me, freedom from lust means that I am no longer directly and irrevocably under its control. So I have freedom now. In other words, I can choose to act in ways other than what lust wants me to act. So prior to coming into program, um, lust had complete control of my life. And, um, you know, it, it made me do things that at the time seemed small and benign, but in their, uh, in their totality were both insane and, and quite catastrophic. Examples would be, um, planning, having a little bit of money in my pocket that I had squirreled away and uh, leaving work a little bit early. But calling home and saying, I won't be able to tell my son, I won't be able to pitch batting practice today because I have to stay late at the office. In other words, lie number one and two. <laughs> Meanwhile, I take my little squirreled away pile of money and go to a strip club. 
telling myself, well, I'll just stay for a little while. Okay, so now lust has already caused me to, to both lie, cheat my boss, lie to my spouse, and it'll be at least late for my son's Little League practice. I get to the strip club and start spending money, and lo and behold, there is one of my favorite dancers. And now I am completely into lust. I have no control over that. I don't not only miss all of Little League practice, I am now missing dinner and am well into the evening uh, until I finally run out of my money and have to limp home and then concoct some cock and bull story uh, about uh, some travesty at work that uh, just demanded my attention and I had to deal with. That is the kind of insanity that I was unable to confront or deal with prior to coming into program. And these occurrences, it wasn't just like it happened once a year or even once every six months. These were things that happened on a regular basis. Um, and whenever I had these, whenever lust would hit and I would develop these plans for how I was going to treat my, uh, my lust itch, when anything interfered with that, I would begin to rage and strike out um, as if the person or institution that was preventing me from fulfilling my habit was somehow harming me. Okay, as if the real world was somehow getting in the way of my uh, what I really wanted to do, which was act out. So, after forty years of that disastrous mess, I had created such a, an awful hole in my life that uh, uh, I had. I was a broken person, and near uh, near suicide, uh, I had created the, these awful things in my life. So, coming into program, hearing this concept of freedom from lust, I thought, "Oh well, I won't lust anymore." That's that's the thing, and and it hasn't been like that for me. Uh, but what it has been like is that I no longer have to respond the way that I had to do. When, when lust hits, when I wake up in the morning and I have the lustful thought, when I'm in that semi-dream world, I now know that there's something I need to do, and that is pray and get my feet on the floor. I need to get out of bed. I can't lay there in bed for two hours and allow that to play, that little reel to play in my head. So I now have a tool, and I have... And I know what I can do is say I am powerless over this, and I give it up to you. What is your will for me today? And that will is to have my feet hit the floor. And so it's that I, so freedom from lust for me at this point means that I'm not under its power. Doesn't mean that I don't occasionally have lustful thoughts. It's just they don't control every aspect of my life like they used to. So with that, uh, I'll wind out and uh, turn it over to Marco. Thank you, Jim. Okay, I'm Marco. I'm recovering sexaholic. Hi, Marco. So since 16th, that was great. Hi, Marco. So, so what? Okay, uh, I'm, I'm uh, sober since 16th of May, 2010, and uh, enormously grateful for that. So yeah, so freedom for lust. When when I read the title, I was I thought of text from the big book, which I would like to read. Uh, and this is page eighty eighty four. They are also known as the ten step promises. And just translate lust, uh, uh, alcohol to lust or sex. Okay. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even lust, for by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in sex. If tempted, we recall from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards sex has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. 
We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. This is one of my favorite texts in the big book because it's really a big promise. It's a promise of freedom from lust. And um, yeah, uh, and this is really possible. Aren't we always tempted? And um, well, let me just give a bit of personal experience uh, and, and maybe I can give a bit of background on my um, modus operandi uh, without going into, into detail, but uh, they uh, uh, involve attraction to minors and, and internet pornography. Um, so, yeah. So let me just tell you how it was this weekend, uh, over this, this week. So I arrived on, on, on Tuesday. At, uh, and uh, on, um, so with, I'm, a, I'm also a delegate um, from Europe, from Emer. And so with two other delegates on Wednesday, we went actually to the city museum here in St. Louis. Um, I don't know. We didn't know what it was. We thought a contemporary museum, but actually it turns out to be like uh, more like a gigantic playground rather than a museum. <laughs> but it was it was fun when uh, when when being there and. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, and walking around. At some point, he had a circus, uh, uh, performance of some, some, some young teens and children and, uh, yeah, and, uh, doing, uh, saltos and, and whatever. And, um, yeah. And, um, I mean, there was no lust. And that's, that's really an amazing thing. <laughs> if you think about it, that with, with my, my history, it's really a miracle. Actually, uh, I was just sitting there and I said, wow, this, that I can be here is, is really a miracle. Uh, now I should say that I don't think I could have been there alone there. Uh, it was, it really helped there that to have two other, uh, sober members with me. And after the circus performance, we just had to retreat a little bit and do a little small three, uh, three member meeting, uh, just to surrender our thoughts and, and the little lust that was there, perhaps. But, um, yeah, I mean, this I could never have imagined. I was, I was, I was, when I came into the program in 2010, I was scared for everything, scared for the computer, scared for, for children. Uh, I mean, I, I was in, in a hell. Uh, and because I, I just couldn't stop. I mean, there and, and also in the internet, I, I just would would go in the internet, do some work, and and somehow this kind of craving got over me. And uh, I was thinking, don't type in the, this website, don't type in this website. But my my fingers just automatically typed in the website and clicked enter. That was me, right? And now it's not only that I can go to the city museum which, well, I should say, I, I don't think I should repeat it or would repeat it, at least, not, um, at least not individually, but also in the Internet, right? I Now I have Internet, and there's no temptation to watch porn. No temptation to watch porn. I don't need filters. So that's freedom from lust, for me, right? And I just want to make sure that... Everyone in here realizes that this is possible. These are, in my view, the 10 step promises. It's possible to have internet without filters and not be tempted to watch porn. And that's a miracle with my history. That's a total miracle. Now, how did this happen? It didn't happen at once. Actually, in the, this is what I also like about the 10 step uh, promises. It gives you a, a, a condition, this last sentence. How, that is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And in order to get in fit spiritual condition, I guess we have to train a little bit. In, in our case, it means working the steps. I mean, these are the 10, 10 step promises, so it's only after step 10, I guess. Right. Uh, and yeah, and that's what I did. Uh, and, and looking back at it, 
I think I had to do really uh, some 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 important things to to get to here. It's, it's a step suit. Also, what helps is the eighteen wheeler. So I had to throw things out. Actually, I lived without internet for in my first two years of recovery, uh, and I think that was very important for me. I had no computer, no internet at home. I went to a, a local internet shop. Uh, I used it also at work. Luckily, I never acted out on work. Uh, but yeah, so that is what I had to do. And I should say, I see it in, in, at least in my local fellowship, that those, the, those people that, those fellows that have problems with acting out on the internet. What really helps is just not to have internet. There's <laughs> really, I mean, you can suffer, you can torture yourself by trying to control, oh, I really need internet. I cannot get rid of it. Uh, and, and, and keep on acting out. But I, it's, it's so much better just to surrender it. Again, I guess you can also surrender the internet, leave it out, and uh, and be free. Uh, yeah, actually, I should say, I, at, after two years, uh, my sponsor suggested that I would take internet again. It was really not my idea. I didn't want the internet. I was really happy the way without it because I got kind of used to it, to work around it. Uh, yeah, and then I was afraid to get internet because I mean, with my history. Uh, and I remember the first time that I, uh, that the internet was installed, I had this kind of weird feeling that I kind of remembered from the past as well. Uh, but that was mostly it. And this was one night I think I didn't use the internet and then, but I, I mean, I don't have cravings to, to watch porn. It's also that by working the steps, that also helps me to know myself. Yeah. I think it's very important for me to be true to myself, to be honest. So when I feel I'm not in a spiritual condition, when I'm upset, when I'm stressed or whatever, very often I say to myself, okay, this is, Marco, this is not, don't go to the computer, don't turn on the computer today. And then I just don't do it, right? This has, there's also a bit of knowing, be, yeah, knowing yourself and, and, and working the steps uh, has, 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 has made me know myself there. So that is, uh, I think, an essential. It's, well, I, I think I want to leave it with that. And just, just want to make sure that, that everyone here realizes these promises are real. This is really possible. It is really possible to live. I mean, I, I should agree with Jim that uh, we always keep on getting tempted. And, uh, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that I've never lusted again. It's, uh, in, the, in those eight years that I'm so, it's, it's not like that. But I do know if, if I'm in a fit spiritual condition, and apparently on Wednesday, last Wednesday, I was in a fit spiritual condition, and I know because I really feel well, then I can really go to places that six years ago, let alone eight years ago, I would not be able to go to. I leave it with that. Thank you. Thank you. You now have the opportunity to share with the group. Please focus on the topic of the meeting, which is freedom from lust. Like sharing in an essay meeting, please limit your sharing to the topic, avoid explicit description or distracting comments, and focusing on the solution rather than the problem. Please do not share anything that legally would have to be reported to the authorities. Please line up to your right so that we don't have to wait for each person to come up. Please speak loud enough for all to hear. Uh, and please limit your share to two minutes, please, so that everybody has an opportunity to share. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Uh, it's Andrew from Baltimore. Um, and uh, good morning or afternoon around the world. I really appreciate uh, the AA Big Book chapter more about alcoholism uh, because there is, uh, I think, a lot in there uh, about lust and the unfit spiritual condition. Uh, there's the uh, the man who uh, had to give up his business because of drinking, and he got some sobriety, but didn't perfect and enlarge his spiritual life. He had, you know, he came into work on Tuesday, had a few words in the bo- with the boss, nothing, nothing serious, and 
you know, bam, he, uh, he relapsed in uh, drinking. You know, it has that great phrase in it, suddenly the thought crossed my mind. <laughs> and that's, I've, I've experienced that. Suddenly the thought crossed my mind um, that, you know, something self-destructive is a good idea. Um, I mean, there's also the, the story of the, the man who uh, stopped drinking at age 35 so he could be successful in business. Uh, he, he had a great career. And he retired at 50, out came the bottle and the carpet slippers, and he was dead, I think, in four or five years. Well, I mean, I imagine he was he was lusting uh, for a lot of that time. He was sober thinking, yeah, I just can't wait to get enough money to, to retire. And then I in, reti- in my comfortable retire retirement, I can just go back to drinking and it'll be it'll be wonderful. And it, it's the self-delusion. And I'm very grateful for the phone and for meetings and for accountability that I can run my thinking by other people, that when suddenly the thought crosses my mind, I can share it with somebody else and ask them, well, is this a good idea? So thank you for letting me share. Hi, I'm Ken. I'm a sexaholic. Thank the speakers for their, their shares this morning. I really appreciate and resonated with me the, the freedom from lust. It doesn't say I'm not lusting. It just says I'm freedom from I'm no longer a prisoner. That's the way I looked at it. It becomes an obsession. I can't stop it. I've learned, for me anyway, that I live on the head of a pen. I hear people talk about circles and slippery slopes. I live on the head of a pen, and the abyss is just over the edge of that. I can't look more than if it's there. I have to do something. I have to now have a choice. I never had a choice before. If I saw someone, I had to find out. I had the, the urge, the need to know, and I don't have that need anymore. I have a choice. I have a choice to two other actions. I can pray. I can look away. I can do service. There's lots of things I can do that do not require me to chase that down the abyss because, for me, there are no slopes. It's just over the edge, and I know I will continue to do what I did before, and I'm not certain I can recover from a second relapse. Thanks for letting me share. I'm here with Grateful Recovery Sexaholic and sober since November 16th of 09. Freedom for Lust for me has been a, a great journey. Uh, coming into the program, I didn't think it was possible. And uh, I triple underlined the part that said uh, that you could sex was optional because I didn't think that was possible either. But uh, Coming in the program and then starting to work the program and starting to get some freedom, when I would have a euphoric recall or have a lust hit, I always thought that uh, I'd get angry with myself. Why are you doing this? Why is this happening? What did I do wrong? And then when I found out that I would always have temptations, but I didn't have to give in to them, and it didn't mean that I was I had fallen, it, it's what I did with it that made the difference. Step 11 for me is something that I have to do all the time. And when I, my, like it was read, my spiritual condition, when it's good, I'm good. When it's not, I'm not. So I, I know that this is a partnership now. I'm not on my own. I'm with guys uh, and ladies who travel in this program together. Without them, without my higher power, and without the tools of this program, I could not be free from lust. And freedom from lust doesn't mean you don't have the opportunity. It just means, for me, being able to not indulge, not time, not do anything. When I see something, I appreciate it, and I go on. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Scott from Peoria, Illinois. Um, My freedom from lust... I felt I had to come up, and I appreciate all the previous shares. They were all spot on. Um, it is possible, in my experience, um, to be free from lust, and I want to re- reiterate that point. My life, um, when I was acting out, uh, consisted of just lust. It was 24 hours a day. I was controlled by lust, um, finding the next fix, uh, really predatory behavior, to be quite honest. And um, by not only working the steps, but living the steps and practicing the fit spiritual condition, um, I am so grateful, absolutely grateful to be 
to have experienced the freedom from lust. And a recent example was, I, lo- I love music. Um, it really does something inside me and in my soul. And I went to a four-day music festival about a month ago. It's 95 degrees outside. Um, so you can imagine the lust triggers that were all around. And I was completely oblivious. I was just present in the moment and free of the lust. And it was about the third day in, I, I had this, suddenly this thought appeared. It said, Hey, you know, in the past, you would have been doing this and that. And I'm like, Whoa, wow. I'm so grateful. And so my message, and it's a reminder to me as well, um, that freedom from lust is definitely possible and, uh, it, it doesn't come easy, but it's definitely possible. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much for your share. Um, my name is Chazak. I'm a recovering sexaholic. Ask God to help me share honestly. Um, I, I'm young, but I've gone to extents that many of the people in this room haven't gone to in lust. Um, I've been passively suicidal. Came into this program at 18, turning 19. I'm turning 22 now, and uh, I learned a lot of what doesn't work in this program. I've never been someone that has been going in and out, trying it out, then going out for two months. I was, since the age of 19, I've been rigorously working a program, and I just simply didn't know what works. A lot of things that I was told simply doesn't work. Um, for me, I had to let go of lust. Um, I let go of YouTube two and a half months ago. Tremendous for me. It's, it, 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 I can't kid myself. Uh, I, you know, it, I, I compare myself to an alcoholic. I go to AA meetings. I identify with everything. I don't have an al- I don't have, I'm not an alcoholic, but I, I, as soon as I start taking in drinks, it's, it's a goner for me. Um, I, I wanted to share because I had a lot of, I, I'm OCD and I, I needed to go for help on its own for that. Um, it doesn't, you know, this 12 step program doesn't cure strep. I needed help for it. Uh, so, um, I want to share something that I experienced tremendously, but from what I hear from all the people I spoke to in this program, that they struggle with it. Um, we're sexaholics, and, and and because of that, you know, we're going to have crazy thoughts that come to our, our head in the day. And that doesn't mean that I'm not recovering from lust, and that doesn't mean I'm not sober from lust today. Um, you know, I, I have to be very, very, very explicit with someone. I know in the rooms, a lot of times you don't share explicitly, but I call my sponsor, I call people, I say, listen, you know, there's a lady, I see her nipples right in front of me. I have to be very, very explicit about about what I'm seeing. If I'm not, then I'm playing a game because I, I have to share very, very explicit of what's going on in me. Uh, a, and B is it's okay for me to have these thoughts come to me in my day. That doesn't mean, oh my God, because if I'm going to get, I have to respect my disease. If I'm going to be going, oh my God, these thoughts are coming to me. What am I going to do? Then I'm living in denial. And for me, I need to be very, uh, I need to be very okay with myself having thoughts. I woke up this morning and I, I had, I was like taken over by fantasies of a girl in my workplace. Like, okay, Chazak, I'm a sexaholic. That's just my story. Okay. And I share it with someone, you know, I have this or whatever. I share it with God. It's just that that's what it is for me today. And uh, thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. I'm Sam, sexaholic in Massachusetts. Um, yeah, I was intrigued about this topic because I'll just share lately, like some personal experience um, as far as freedom from lust. For me, I've been afraid of lust lately and um, have been seized with fear and anxiety about lust. Um, and I know the program is about progressive victory um, over lust, and I'm so grateful to be aware of that now. But for me, like lately, like, for example, work, I work at a cafe and we have the same mailman come into the store every day. I'm attracted to him. And it would get to the point where, I don't know, you know, 30 days of sobriety or something like that, I would see his mail truck and like start to feel really anxious. And like in my mind, I'd be, I don't want to take in any lust because I know what happens when I take in lust. And, but that would be kind of this self perpetuating fear. I would start to feel really anxious. Um, and so, but that I realized that wasn't helpful either to be so like deathly afraid of lust. Um, 
it is a beast to be sure, but um, I have tools. And so um, I got in the practice of like just stepping out back whenever this guy from the, this mailman would come in texting someone in the program, a buddy that like this guy's here now I'm reaching out to you. I'm saying the third step prayer. Um, and just learning to, I think, uh, you know, in line with the previous share, learning not to beat myself up, but to, to remember that I'm on a progressive path of victory over lust and not being so deathly afraid of it has been helpful for me. So thanks. Uh, we have uh, one share from uh, on the online community. Uh, Ken from Toronto shares, uh, is total freedom from lust actually possible? I have found freedom from the... Sorry about that. I have found freedom from the consequences of my lust, but I still don't find myself... But I still find myself lusting occasionally. So even though that's in the form of a question, I won't actually answer it. Shall I answer? Can I? Yeah, if you want. Okay, I'm Marco. Let me answer. Well, uh, going back to the stances, step promises, my, um, let me just repeat what, what it says, uh, in, in my view, that in my, my, uh, my experience is that yes, it's possible as long as my spiritual condition is fit. And, um, but yeah, I, I really had days and I, I think we heard it as well and I hit myself. And I think many of you had it. Like, it, it seems that, um, yeah, that lust cannot touch and that you're even not thinking about it. That's there. And in, in, but the same environment next day after a fight with your wife or a colleague, the same environment me, me, might be a minefield the day, the next day that, that, that also happens. So, yeah, uh, and that's why it's working the steps and also continue working the steps. 10, 11, 12 are so important just to improve the spiritual condition. Uh, I think it's, well, I mean, it's a lifetime job, no? And so, yeah. yeah I guess I'll, I am. It's Jim Sexaholic, and I, I will amplify that a, li- a little bit. So freedom subject to your spiritual condition is possible. But to think that you're not going to lust again is an expectation that is going to be unfulfilled and will result in disaster. Okay. So, uh, for me, I have to have a memory of the disaster that befalls me when lust takes over in my life. I can't forget that. I have a forgetting disease. My brain does not work right. And I forget all of the bad stuff that comes along with lust. And uh, I can go very long periods of time without lust. I can be in situations, as, as has been shared uh, by several of our, uh, our friends, um, and not experience lust subject to my spiritual condition. And I can be alone or in a group of people and experience tremendous amounts of lust if I'm not in a good place. So it really doesn't matter the external circumstances. What matters to me is my internal spirit of my heart and my condition of my program. And uh, so the term freedom, uh, as long as we understand that we're renting that term for me, as opposed to buying it, uh, that I can, I can go with that. Thanks, let me share. I'm Rock, recovering sex addict, uh, sober since July 20th, 2013, from Milwaukee. And thank you for your shares and your insights today, gentlemen. Um, the thing that comes to mind with this topic is the, the, the last thing we read at meetings, at least in, in Milwaukee, God will constantly disclose more. And my reaction is, oh, crap. <laughs> You know, my spiritual fitness ebbs and flows moment by moment, and my spiritual fitness um, uh, part of what happens are are not just lust hits, but the 
the the the the stuff in me that seeks for a connection outside God and myself and others that are helpful. So it seems to me that recovery is uh, and freedom is the freedom to to notice and like in the serenity prayer to accept and welcome and make courageous decisions about um, the stuff that comes up and in the big in the white book uh Roy says uh it's stuff like fear and resentment and ina- inadequacy unworthiness and loneliness which we guys don't tend to like to talk about and when i find a, when there's a lust hit, I can think back and say, hmm, what's being revealed? Oh, I must be lonely. Oh, I must be feeling empty. Oh, I must be feeling resentful. And I can re, uh, hand that over to God and just say, here, take it. And there's my time. Thank you. Morning, I'm Kent. I'm a grateful recovered sexaholic. It's Friday, date of October 10th, 2011, from Portland, Oregon. Nature of my addiction to using and abusing boys and men physically, emotionally, and spiritually from the age of eight until I was 53 and entered the program of recovery and got sober, discovered recovery, and uh, accepted a power greater than myself that has restored me to sanity. And the question from the internet was a great one, and it spurred me to uh, come up here, uh, is it possible to be free from lust? Is it possible to be free from lust? Um, I love the first time that I heard Harvey share that he was lust free. He didn't lust anymore. I thought that man's crazy. I mean, <laughs> that's not possible. That's that's not possible. But the more that I listened, the more I understood what he's saying, which is. The first thought is from God. The first thought's on God. What I do with that determines whether I'm lust-free. So when those thoughts cross my mind, if I play with that thought, if I toy with that thought, if I develop it, if I start writing the screenshots and the script for the movie that that I want to make of it, I'm in lust. I'm engaging in lust. That's where the lust comes from. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to have the image of the thought. You know, I'm a sexually oriented man in a group of sexually oriented men. It's, it's the thoughts are going to come to me, and they always have. There's just been the is who I am. What do I do with it? And as long as I'm willing to let go of it, then I am practicing these principles, and I am being closer to being in a fit spiritual condition. And that's really what it was all about for me. So thanks. Hi, my name's Jim Recovering Sexaholic, and I just have a quick anecdote I'd like to share. Um, the night before I went into treatment, and uh, of course, you know, you don't go into treatment when you're on a winning streak, um, and, um, you know, getting ready to sequester myself from civilization for 30 plus days and spend upwards of $20,000, I thought it'd be a good idea to uh, visit... Um, one of Nashville's finest establishments. And I'm uh, sitting in the entrance to the parking lot, and the valet is starting to get a little bit impatient with me. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm going to go in. I'm going into treatment tomorrow. Um, I'm never going to do this again. (laughs) I might as well, uh, shall we say, go out with a bang. Um, And then I made the decision to call a recovery buddy, from in Michigan, and uh, shall we say he talked me out of it. So then uh, just before going into treatment, I'm on the phone with my brother, and I'm like, I'm not going to go. It's like, this isn't going to work for me. I'm going to get out of treatment, and I have to buy gas. Young women have to buy gas, and it's just a matter of time before that triggers me. And uh, anyway, so I get out of treatment, 32 days of being sequestered from civilization and sequestered from women. And I decided to stay in Nashville, as it's the SA recovery capital of the planet. And um, 
I am trying to find the sober living house that I'm moving into. Strange town, and I don't know where anything is, and my internet's not working very well on my phone. So I'm like, I'm talking to the house manager, and I'm like, I got to pull over and figure out where I am and figure out how to get there. So I pull off the highway, come to a stop, and guess where I end up? The exact same spot where I was debating going in and having my last big hurrah. Um, The point I'm trying to make is that lust will be coming up over and over and over and over again in our lives, and it's constant surrender, constant surrender. So thanks. I will share one additional thing. Uh, For me, um, since getting sober and being in program for a few years, I had to learn that lust leaks out in all kinds of places. And it isn't always sex. That I can take anything and begin to lust after it. I am abnormal. And... um, You know, it's perfectly normal for people to buy lottery tickets. And it's perfectly normal for people, when the lottery gets really, really big, for more people to buy lottery tickets. And it's even kind of normal for people to sit around the water cooler and talk about, oh, what would you do if you won that money, right? And that's sort of a fantasy kind of a thing. But how many people buy lottery tickets and make spreadsheets? And calculate exactly what the tax burden is going to be. <laughs> and divide up exactly how much of the winnings they're going to give to different charities and to their brothers and on, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's me. Okay? That is me. Okay? Because that is a form of lust for me. Because it's fantasy. It takes me out of reality and puts me and projects me into a fantasy world. It has nothing to do with sex, but it's fantasy and it's lust. And uh and I had to learn that I can't do that. And I can't pay attention to the fact that the Powerball is a bazillion dollars. Uh and I can't go and, you know, don't make my donation to wherever the Powerball money goes, who the heck knows. Um because that it just feeds. It's it's not a lot different for me than going to a strip club. It takes me out of present, and uh, and so that for me is part of as Marco described maintaining my spiritual condition. It's one of those things I had to understand that lust can come in many different forms for me. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks, and, and I think we got time for probably two more. My name is Jerry. I'm a sexaholic in recovery. I appreciate the opportunity to share. I appreciate you guys leading. Um, I had one of my sponsors mention a couple weeks ago as far as lust. I've always, I had 22 months clean time and I lost it two and a half years ago. Since I have two and a half years clean time. Uh, when I first started this program, I was about 50 years old. Uh, right now I have 29 and a half years clean time from drugs and alcohol, two and a half from sexaholism. Um, first coming into this program, they talked about masturbation and pornography and people who didn't do it for a day or a week or 30 days. And I said, really? Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm talking five, six years old, I started this. And it's kind of like, you don't go weeks without doing stuff like that. And uh, here I am, 22 months and two and a half years now. And it's kind of like, yeah, you can. The whole lust hit things, no, it doesn't go away. I don't have to objectify women. They're real people. So are guys. So are other things. <laughs> and, yeah, you're right. It's not just sex. Yeah, I can pick anything and lust after it. Um, I had a therapist tell me once because I was struggling with it. It's like, okay, I got two and a half years. Why am I not getting past this? Why do I have to keep struggling with the girl on the sidewalk and the girl on the beach and the even my wife says, I walk into a room and nothing's showing up on TV for an hour. I walk in there and it's like somebody half naked on TV. 
I look at her, and she looks at me, and she goes, it hadn't been that way for an hour, dear. I'm sorry. She's trying to set it up. <laughs> it's like the guy, you, know, you pull over, and it's like you're at the exact same spot. It's humorous how our addict puts us in positions like that, and we're triggered. But today I have tools. I have choices. I can make a choice when a lust hit shows up. It's like a sneeze. You can't control a sneeze. You don't know when it's going to show up. It may be three or four of them. But when it shows up, it's kind of like a lust hit. I have a choice. What do I do with it? Most of the time, if I sneeze right now, somebody would say, bless you. Okay, well, if I have a lust hit, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to bless whatever that is that's causing it. Whether it's the lottery and the other person is going to win it because I don't buy tickets. It's hard to win if you don't buy a ticket. Okay, People, places, things, books, media functions. I don't watch a lot of TV today. I can't do that. That's my choice. I protect what goes into my head. I protect my visuals, what's in front of me, what's around me. Okay, If it's a good day, I mean, me and my wife can go out to eat. She can have a drink. It's no big deal. I can go to the pool. I can go work out. I can go to the beach. If it's not a good day, I don't go to those places because the lust hits are like, pew, pew. okay, try sneezing 20 times. You'll blow your head off. <laughs> okay? It's better to not go there. So I try to stay away from that. I protect myself from those. But I have choices today. I have tools. I have people I can call. I'm as sick as my secrets. I can call a sponsor. I have accountability partners. I can call them and share stuff that you just don't talk about normal. It's taboo to talk about stuff that it's amazing how many people have the same problem, but it's not okay to talk about it in society. Okay, I'm from Colorado. Okay? I went to jail for drugs, marijuana, okay? Now it's legal. That's messed up, okay? (laughs) There's lust all around us. There's drugs all around us. There's drinking all around us. But it's not okay to talk about some of that stuff. So anyway, I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks. Okay, let me do a last share. Maybe a, a... Also, to come back again of the spiritual condition, sorry that I just keep on repeating it. An experience lately is that that, uh, since a couple of months, there's been really a deepening in my spiritual path. Uh, I have joined this particular group, and uh, I've changed my meditation practices uh, as well. Uh, And uh, and I I changed my prayers. And so I actually really feel the love in my heart. Uh, And I noticed that since then... uh, Lust tempts me much less. So I, I think that's pretty indicative. <laughs> Again, it's, um, yeah, and, and the, the, this connection with the higher power is essential, and the love in my heart is, is essential in, in, in this program. It's also, I think, important to remember that lust is not sex, right? Lust is, is here. Lust is, is something selfish. Uh, it's an attitude, uh, and it's something in the heart, and uh, and and the solution is is the, 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 for us at least. That, that's why the spiritual uh, the spiritual aspect uh, and change of heart is so essential, and something that Roy emphasized over and over again. I, I leave you with that. Thank you. Thanks, Marco. So that's all the time we have uh, for today. If you had, didn't have time to share, please uh, find somebody uh, to share with uh, after the meeting. Anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. Uh, let's stand and uh, form some sort of an amoeba where everybody's connected and uh, <laughs> close with the third step prayer. Third step prayer. God, I offer myself to be to build with me and do with me as thy will. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life, may I do thy will always. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Thank you, Marco. That was very good. Thank you. Thanks. Well done. (laughs) Good.
We think we got it worked out. That one went pretty well. Yeah, I'm sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I need help, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to fight sex the whole thing. Sure. They say that, right? Sometimes, yeah. When we had a meeting, Lust is doing push ups in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I do. Reloading. But I travel a lot, uh, so if I don't answer, just leave me a voicemail and I'll call you back. Okay? All right. Hey, thanks for your share. You know, I marked down my list God thing, right? <laughs> Good. Uh huh. I used to also have this idea that King of Lost means that no love, no guarantees, and whatever. But message. Right, 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 and it's uh, we didn't we didn't deal with or cover the topic of lust in marriage, but that's a. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.